Hello again, Dwayne Drummond here with Ali Abarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Uh, Ali, good morning, sir. Hey, Dwayne, great to see you. Sorry we're a little late. I apologize again. Computer issues. Yeah, what's up with you and your computers, man? I don't know what it is. We had a power surge not too long ago, and it blew out my power, my surge suppressor and shut the computer off. Ever since then, I have this di- disconnection issues and sign-in. Like, for, in- for instance, I started to log into my computer. It just is opening windows right now. Wow. So I may be able to jump on and go off of the phone, but I'll just keep it on the phone. You can see me, right? Because when I look at my oh, yeah. I'm literally my, all I see is my head down on the, on the screen that I'm looking at. Nope, we, I see everything. All right, very cool. Good, good, good. So awesome to have you be with you here today. And, and I'm hoping that everyone who's listening and watching is happy as well. And I'm going to sign in now on my computer um, and, uh, and just check it out and see what we have going on there. So uh, we'll continue with this, uh, this format on the phone and then we'll take it from there. Yeah, so I know today we were uh, going to talk about, uh, you know, keeping students longer with uh, creative teaching ideas. Um, I'd like to say that I am super qualified in that area, but I don't know that that's the case. Uh, so I am, uh, you know, look, I mean, of course I'm going to give information on, you know, what what we do and how we do it, that type of thing. And then maybe some tips, but, uh, I know that you actually have, um, a lot of information, a lot of history, a lot of years in, you know, mixing it up and being creative in, uh, in, in teaching, and keeping students for quite a long time because, I mean, how long does it take to get to black belt for you? Six, seven, eight years? Well, well, yeah. Um, I mean, to say to answer what you had just said too. I, I mean, I think equally we're both we have our unique and um, different qualifications in regards to tension aspect. You and I both that we share together. <clears throat> then um, we have our own uniqueness about us based on our systems as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm qualified, but at the same time, when you look at it, you know, I mean, um, I, I mean, it's hard to tell sometimes, but, but here it is. I mean, I, it takes about six years, minimum five to and a half to six years to get to black belt in my school. The average student is around six and a half, seven. Um, do I get a lot of black belts? I get, you know, like probably it may be like maybe a 10th of the people that start off will attain black belt level. Um, you know, industry standard, and I've discussed this with many industry professionals over the years and it still hasn't really changed is probably about I don't know anywhere from 18 months to 20 months is like the lifetime of a student this is the average lifetime of a student so um you know with that being said is that a good statistic I don't, I don't know it's hard to tell really right you know compared to what that's the question we always have to ask ourselves compared to what compared to gymnastics compared to dance I mean, my daughter's dance studio, um, at the end of the day, they, the recitals that they do, they pull everyone up on stage. And she was saying, you know, um, and, and of course, same with us, you know, the first years, you know, 30, 40, 50 people in their first year, second year, a little bit less, you know, all the way up to like 15 years within the studio, there's like two or three. So it's very similar, I, I think, and, you know, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, but, but yeah, you know, so how do we keep them past that two-year industry standard? That's the real question. And, and that would make us better than the average and doing better than, than everyone else. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, personally, uh, that's where different upgrade programs or, um, you know, not just classes, but, uh, you know, different, different things that they're achieving that allows them to, it's, Look, it's not like how it used to be where, you know, we 
we did martial arts because we wanted to learn the new technique. It wasn't necessarily the next belt. It was the new technique right. um, or set, set of techniques or what have you. I think nowadays, uh, and correct me if, if you think I'm wrong, it's changed where it is for uh, the next belt, it's, you know, and so improvement to me is I got my next belt. It's not necessarily yeah. I can I can do the three three sixty roundhouse kick even better right. than I could last time. It's I got a new belt type thing. So I think we're partly dealing, um, you know, with that. So how do you, you know, if, and I don't know if we're even going to go down this rabbit trail, but how do you uh, deal with that type of situation? Well, that's where I think these different uh, side programs or upgrade programs or however you want to call them, uh, help to, you know, help to facilitate some of that continued excitement where there's something new until it becomes old again. And then there needs to be the next new thing, right. Uh, until it gets old again. And, and maybe I'm wrong in that concept, but yeah. you know, for me, we've got, you're in the program for a year before you can get recommended to leadership. And then once you get into leadership, of course, you're in leadership all the way up to black belt. But uh, from there, you can get into um, uh, like the storm team, uh, you know, that type of thing. So there's different different things that you can achieve and, and move into, whether it's whether it's an upgrade or whether it's a side grade or, you know, that type of thing. Extension, you know. Yeah. And, and you know what? I love what you're saying. And it all makes perfect sense. And we do that. You do that. I do that. Most other businesses are learning how to do that. I think the one major flaw is that, uh, well, here's, here's one thing that I find that, listen, you're either going to follow what the industry is telling you, similar to like saying, hey, trends in, in clothing. You know, I remember in the 80s where we guys would wear belly shirts, you know, half shirts and big cutout neck. I mean, I'm dating myself, right? Like that's, a, you know, the skin tight pants, you know, like um, now it, it, it kind of trended into this loose baggy look. And now it's back to like these things that are almost like stretchy pants. Like I would call them spandex, but guys are wearing stretchy jeans, right? So the what I mean by that is the industry, the, the trendsetters are telling us this is the path we should follow, right? So the martial art industry is also saying similar things. They're saying, you know, let's feed people bells and whistles, keep the new bright and shiny objects coming to keep people's interest and, um, and they'll stay longer. And while that may be true, it's kind of almost like a house built on cards. I don't know if you agree with that. Like, Because like when they get bored, what do we do? Find a new bright, shiny object to give to them? And when they get bored with that, do we find a brighter object. So, so I think the first key to success with students is education and, and not only the students, but the parents to know that it's about this philosophy, like the philosophy that you and I were raised on was the the theory of becoming better at what we do, perfection at the art, caring about the art, being into the art. I remember literally feeling a pain in my stomach because I was so into wanting to learn and get excited about Bruce Lee movies and Chuck Norris movies and practicing at my dojo. I mean, um, I was just like a kid in a candy store. It's like going to my favorite rock band concert. That's how I felt when I went to my dojo. So um, we have to kind of instill that spirit in people. And some of it has to do, I believe, with educating them on what they should be looking for. Because if not, they're looking at martial arts like they look at everything else, right? Yeah. So we, yeah. Have, we have to shift, shift their paradigm, right? We have to shift uh-huh. their paradigm, right? We have to take their paradigm and shift it so that they understand things differently, don't we? We have to make sure that um, we're educating them on what they should be thinking. Does that make sense? Is that, is that realistic? 
Uh, yeah. So basically you're saying indoctrinate them. Yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And how, though, that's the real question. Do what, when do we, so we can't just take the general population and indoctrinate them into like some secret society, can we? Because not everyone's going to buy into it. It's like the differences between Democrats and Republicans is so vast um, that there's no crossover. So we have to find the people that fit the mindset for our studio. And by the way, Honestly, that doesn't limit us uh, at all because there's hundreds and hundreds of people out there that think the way we do, maybe not tens of thousands, but we can never fit tens of thousands in our school. So we have to find that niche group and bring them in so that that populates and grows within our studio. Makes sense? Yeah, no. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, But but, uh, I agree that there's hundreds and there's hundreds. Uh, You know, finding those hundreds is, 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 you know, a whole marketing uh, issue, if you will. And that's a different topic, but, um, no, I totally, I totally agree. So what are, do you think, um, besides the upgrade or side grade programs, again, however you want to word them, um, what are some other things creatively that we can do in our industry to help get the longevity, you know, moving it from 18 months to 28 months, uh, type thing. Why don't you and I take this in two steps, right? Maybe one and I'll handle another, right? So you you could throw out a million ideas and I'd love to hear them because you always inspire me on different things to do. In fact, I just watched a video that you did walking through your studio and talking about certain events and summer uniforms, right? And there's some things that you did. I don't know if it was an older video. Was it a new one? And you were looking at the a schedule on the wall and they had to sign up by a certain time. Was that new or old video? No, no, that was just this, yeah, right? just this year. Yeah. And the reason why I think I thought it was old, because I think you said the date wrong. I think you said I, I accidentally said February instead yeah. of May. Yeah, yeah. All right. It is the one that I saw. OK, that yeah. I wasn't sure. Um, so so um, I love your ideas and, and what you do is great. So you could cover that. And I'd love to throw in a little bit. And then I would like to talk about um, the indoctrination process of building rabid raving fans within your school right and i'm i'm back in action right now it's probably one of the most exciting times for people who are coaching with me and other times because i'm literally teaching four or five days a week um i'm interacting with the parents on a daily basis i'm so excited about the the motivation of the students and training new leadership team and retraining my staff and retraining my instructors and so on so it's been a really great process like i'll give you an example last night i had to sign up with a dad who's in his like 30s late 30s and he has has three kids but one of them wants to do gymnastics so the other one was doing the martial arts so i signed them both up but my my take on that my my sales when I say sales my approach to getting them enrolled was really more about saying listen are you the right one for us not like are we the right one for you are you the right one for us and what I meant by that was do you think our philosophy is linked to, to yours are right. you able to make sure you care about your uniform and show up on time and care about the classes and I don't want you to do thirty eight thousand sports and then just have us for like one day a week and barely focus on what we do. I want dedicated people like a father son team that really care that they could go home and practice together. Are you that person? He's like, I'm absolutely that person. Like he, he literally now at that point he's like, no, no, I, you know, how do I sign up? He was asking me to stop selling and talking because he wanted to enroll because I want more people that have that mindset. I don't want to find out later. I want to set it up now and, and, and set that up ahead of time so that I have those raving fans as they join and train and come. 
So anyway, so give me, give some ideas to the listeners. I mean, you have so many cool things that even going from that little talk that you had with, uh, on the video there about what you do for summer uniforms, what you're doing for, you know, summer training. There's so many gems there. Share that with some of the people or whatever you could. Well, we do, and I know this is different than, than some schools, but we do a t-shirt summer. So uh, there's a couple of different designs that we did uh, this year. Every, every year we do different designs. What was unique about this year is um, I, had a, I had a student um, give me designs, and I picked one of their designs. And then I actually right. uh, had a former student who, gosh, she had been with me, I think, I want to say six or six to eight years when she was, you know, obviously going through grade school, high school, and then, then uh, she gra- graduated high school, went to college, and never came back. But but then she's married. she got kids now. Anyways, she contacted me via Facebook back in um, November, I want to say, and had taken a picture of one of the older shirts right. and said, uh, hey, do you – this one is, like, totally wiped out now. You right. know, I've used it forever, and she's probably had it for 15 years. Yeah. And she goes, you don't happen to have, I said, no, I don't. I said, but I said, uh, now that you sent me a picture, I got an idea. I'm going to do a vintage shirt this year. Yeah. So, you know, of course we told everybody that the one on the pictures, right. The one on the left, the one on the left is a brand new design for this year. Yeah. The one on the right was a design. And I, I don't, I, I wish now that I could remember the exact year. But it was either 2001, 2002, 2003, maybe 2004. I don't remember. Um, and, and just as an aside note, my thought was, oh, my gosh, if I could go back to all my T-shirts, and I probably have up to 2010, those are documented. But if I could go back to some of the other ones, I could do uh, a vintage T-shirt every year. Right. Which I think would be really neat, you know, to bring back a vintage T-shirt. So anyways, yeah. we do a T-shirt summer. I was trying to bump the T-shirt sales. Um, and mind you that I, I'd probably do it a little bit different than you would even recommend. Um, cause, but I, I do it this way on purpose. Yeah. Right. We, we really did, you know, sorry about that. Okay. Um, so we did, uh, we did a sale and it was only for two, uh, excuse me, three and a half days and that's right. it. And I don't order, I mean, I say I don't order any extra. I do order a few extra, but nothing to really sell. It's just to trade out in case somebody got the wrong size right? type thing. And so, you know, we, we, uh, we, we did that. I sold uh, close to close to 200 T-shirts just wow. in that time frame. Wow. So that was part of it. I wanted to get that going. And then we have our summer camps coming up. So I did you know, with all the summer camps, what they were, how they were going to, you know, uh, occur, those type of things. So we kind of, you know, I just wanted to make sure that they knew that the uh, the sale ends this the end of this month for the summer camps. So in order to still get the 10% off, because after that you're paying full price, you know, type thing. So I, I, I did that. And um, so, and then we've got this, this is not happening yet, but it will next week. We'll go over this is we've got our summer of fun. So we do different theme days, you know, uh, where it's wear your favorite color day. It's, you know, just a bunch of different things. Uh, we have hat day. We have, we even have a, a, a water balloon day where we have water balloons and uh, uh, we have a water balloon fight at the end of class, which is always In the dojo fun. outside. Uh, I do it in the dojo. I know it's goofy. Yeah, I know, but, but we do, you know, so. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it is what it is. You know, you're just going to, yeah, mop it all up. Wow, so. 
Yeah, and, and, you know, they all want to hit each other with a water balloon. Who doesn't want to hit each other with a water balloon? So we do that. Uh, of course, you got the dad's day coming up where the dads are going to get to come in and work out and, and just all those different things. And and what's unique about summer, I feel summertime gives us a lot of opportunities to be excited, a lot of special events that you can do with uh, different theme days and different activities and what have you. You know, the the and, and we need that, right? We need that as school owners because in some es- essence, you know, summertime is boring, uh, at least it's harder to get the, the students in to, to keep them coming. So we have different activities where we've got uh, with the summer fun, you get a ticket and uh, you get one ticket just for showing up to class. But if you actually do whatever that theme day is, if it's a hat day, right, and you brought a hat, so you get to train with your hat. Well, you get three tickets instead. What do those mean? Well, you get to write your name on those tickets. They go in a fish tank at the end of every week. I draw for a uh, a $5 gift card to Oberweiss so they can go get some themselves some uh, ice cream. At the end of every month, it's a $10 gift card to Oberweiss. And I know the owner of Oberweiss, so I, I like to promote their business. And then um, uh, at the end of the summer, I give a $100 bill out. So, you know, obviously the more you come, the more chances you get. I, if I do draw your name, I put your name back in there. So it's not like you lose that chance, you know. And then I've got a whole... Uh, uh, a board that we've got a piece of paper up there and we actually put their names of the winners. So everybody knows who won. Uh, and I've had people win multiple times, like, you know, maybe not two weeks in a row, but I've had them win different weeks. So you see their name up there twice, you know, that type of thing. So summertime, there's a lot of uh, different activities that you can do. That's awesome. I'm trying to connect on my computer um, at simultaneously as I'm on my phone, just so you know, and seeing if my camera, I don't, Oh, okay. I was gonna say I don't think you'll be able to do it and also show up on 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 this platform if that's what you're trying to do because you're already on it through oh, your th- cell phone. My battery just went from like a hundred percent down to nineteen. So um, Uh-oh. going what you're saying, I'm gonna just step away and get my charge cable so that I can plug in and charge it as we're gotcha. talking. Okay, so keep going. Yep, not a problem. By the way, um, one thing I'd like to add to what you had said is like, you know, it's about creating energy within the school, right? Making people want to be there. So these crazy days, these, like we call them crazy days of summer, you you know, red, white, and blue day, crazy hair day, you know, backwards, really fun things. But the real ultimate goal is is to make them want to come. And I bet you people who are listening could come up with a million ideas on their own as well. However, it's about implementing them, getting them out there and creating this buzz because, you know, they, they get lazy during summer. And my one point is that I educate the parents and I say I have a slogan, don't let the summer steal from your training. Right. So I and they'll go, what do you mean? I go, don't let the summer, the nice weather, the pool, you know, stop you from coming to the dojo. Make sure that they stay regular throughout the summer. Do not let it get in the way. So uh, yep. we grab my charger. I'll be right one second. I'll be right back. Yeah, go ahead. So um, uh, the other thing, uh, like with regards to summer, some of the other things that we do is we um, uh, have day classes so they could come into the morning. We, you do have, we have them, they have to sign up for it because I can only house so many in the day just because of staff wise. Um, but we have daytime classes that also, you know, alleviate the, 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 the coming at night type uh, opportunities. And then um, another thing that we've done in the past, we're not doing it this year, but we have done this in the past where we've done a kickball tournament. And so each instructor would actually have a team. And what did we do? We had people, um, we had people sign up, uh, you know, register to, uh, to, uh, you know, be a part of a kickball team. Um, And uh, so each instructor would have, 
you know, their own team. And then we, we did brackets and they would do it on a Friday night. So yes, I did pay my instructors to play kickball, um, you know, with, uh, with the kids, but it, it was, it, we were able to get two games in and, and like 45 minutes easy. And, uh, and we, like I said, we had brackets. And then what we did is we brought them all the way through the summer playing each other every weekend. And if we couldn't make it there that, that, that Friday night, so be it. They just played without that person. We also did a parents versus kids uh, kickball uh, uh, weekend where the, 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 the parents and kids went against each other. And then in the brackets, we brought everybody that uh, the, the top two teams actually play uh, each other at the, uh, the summer picnic. And that's where, you know, that they would win a trophy type thing um, at the end of the summer. So that's just another thing you can do. Uh, we did kickball a couple of years in a row, and then we decided to do wiffle ball another time. I will tell you that kickball was a, was a lot easier and more well-received than the wiffle ball was. You know, some people just really are scared, scared of, of getting hit by a ball, whether it's a wiffle ball or not. Um, so that's another thing that you can do during the summertime to, uh, you know, to kind of have fun with everybody. So, Allie, you good? I'm good. I'm all charging now. I think that I should be okay, I hope. Um, and, uh yeah, you know, I, I listened to everything you said. I, I you know, that so so what I'm just cover, just to recap, um, retention skills, excite changes in 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 the class structure a little bit, making it a little bit different for the summer. Now, I, I don't know if necessarily. I, I, here's one thing that I think is for school owners that they need to break away from is thinking like. We need to do this for the summer, um, but it should probably do, be done periodically throughout the year. So it's not like summer is our only enemy. It's, you know, holiday season, back to school. So what do we do to energize, excite and motivate people to come in, period? There should be segments like maybe quarterly themes that we're doing on a regular basis to be able to really kind of keep things going. If that if that sounds you know normal. Right. I mean, something that we sure. Um, and, and then I think also, too, it's about, I think, too, another really great retention tool and something that isn't like fluffy and shiny and, and, and all that is goal setting, right? Um, literal goal setting with the parent. You know, Johnny is in focus, so let's work for the next four months and see how he changes. And we'll work on this throughout class and let's set a goal and then well, let's meet again and talk about it, right? And let's see, and you'll, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how do you think he's doing? Has he improved? You know, where have you seen improvement? Okay, that's great. So what else would you like to do? Um, okay, the next four months, let's set this goal. Like, you know, for for example, like one of my students is mostly on his own. Um, he did, did this, but also training in my school. He lost 95 pounds over the last year and a half. That's a lot, literally like a person he lost, you know? And, um, but he's he's keeps setting these mini goals, motivating these mini, and and this is what keeps people he, coming. You said mini. He lost his mini me. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> He literally lost a small child, right, um, um, you know, that he's been carrying around with him all this time. So so I think goal setting is primarily one of the biggest things that we overlook and, and you know, why we do this. And I have to say, I'm, I, I admit to it, too. We just don't set the time to make those meetings and sit down. But remember years ago or we did a, a call where I said I work with one of my clients and we talked about how many students they lost over the course of two years. And it was about 250 students over the course of two years that they turned in a new group and a new group that about 250 left. And when we analyzed where they were, they were between what they call white belt and white belt senior belt or, or green and green senior. I forget what it was, but right. 
And then the majority of them were in this age group, that age group, and that age group. So when we looked at that and we analyzed that, I said, oh, my God, if you just retain those 250 people, right, imagine at $100 a month, that'd be 25 grand a month over the course of two years. You're looking at, you know, a quarter million dollars to, to half a million dollars in, or a quarter million dollars in lost revenue. Right. So I said, why don't you just hire someone? And, and I'm, I'm just saying this in philosophy because I haven't even done it, right? Hire like a retention specialist for, for like 20 grand a year. Because um, if they saved you 10 students from quitting, you, they, they almost pay their entire salary depending on your tuition. And have them, that's all they focus on. Motivation, meetings, sitting, goal setting, talking to the clients, making sure they're happy, making sure that they're meeting their goals, making sure that their questions are answered, motivational cards, etc. And literally be the personal, you know, concierge of their training. That in itself would would build schools and save skills of fortune, uh, save schools of fortune. Now, I'm talking about it, but I'm thinking that maybe I should do it, too. Right. But you got to find the right person, the, the one who will spend the time and that's their focus. Right. That's it. So, that's well, and that could be also I mean, really, that also could be you and you have another person teaching. That's true. That's very true. Um, I'm you know, it could be the opposite. I'm noticing for me, the magic sauce is me on the floor. Yeah. You know, like I love to talk and use and teach philosophy and I have this certain way. That's how I built my school up to 1,200 students when I had my six schools in Long Island um, because of me, my personality. Yes, yeah, some people hated me. Some people loved me. But the majority of people trained because of me and, and what I was doing. And then I had great people around me, yes, but they were also training under me. And the reason why they were so good is because they were so into what I was teaching and they were pushing that message across the board. The minute I extricated myself out for a good five year period of time and I taught and I trained and I gave people stuff they they would adapt it to their own mentality and do it the way they thought it should be done rather than doing it like I did and seeing me doing it and go wow you know almost like um forcefully becoming a copy a carbon copy of me because they were around me so much right right you know what I mean? And, I do um, know. And that's what really makes schools hop and pop. It's personality. And that's why not many schools have an exit plan, because when they leave, the school dies. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, you could train people to be like you, but the more. So, anyway, I love teaching, and I love being out there doing that, and I love philosophizing and talking to people and, and so on, right? But um, Well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that you have that excitement again, because yeah. um, you and this could be a whole different call. The 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 uh, the cyclical or the uh, what the the wave life of right. a martial arts school owner. Yeah. Um, because we go in waves. Uh, maybe we do that next week and we talk about that because Let's, that that would be a great that would be a great topic. Because you've also gone through it. Like everybody goes through this as school owners, and I I think it's a normally around. Um, I call it the forest fire, and I don't want to get off track, but it's like a six year period of time where the forest burns down and then you regrow a new forest, meaning like you have all these dedicated students and they're your core and then they eventually start to disappear within a six period of time. It's almost a brand new core group. of. Well, let's, let's save it. Don't, yeah, yeah, let's save it. Let's save it. So um, obviously out on the floor, when we're teaching our, our classes need to be exciting. Um, we, but we also have to be careful because as human beings, right, we, have a tendency to create habits and then do those same habits out on the floor. So what do I mean by that? 
um, we do a warm up, and then we do hand techniques, then we do foot techniques, then we do forms, and we do, and we all do, we do it the same way over and over and over and over, rather than creating some sort of excitement with regards to hey, uh, lesson plans and uh, creating that lesson plan in such a way that you know, yeah, on A day we are going to do hand techniques, but we're going to do it this way, and then on B day we're going to do hand techniques, but it's going to be different. It's going to be in this way. Yeah. And 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 if you're in a cycle of a three month period, you know, you really only have to come up with uh, you know eight to ten to twelve different ways to do hand techniques, and you can recycle those. Um, that type of thing. Absolutely. So disguising repetition, right, is what you're saying and being able to mix things up and, and make it, it new again, but old again. And that's where, yes, absolutely. And that that's where I would say like, you know, videos that you've shot before, um, you know, on Next Level, um, where you go over drills in different ways to do those. I forget what is it. What, was yeah, it? I have, um, I have a DVD that's literally brought me all over the world because of that DVD I've taught in Australia, Scotland, England, and it's called 101 drills for an That's it. 101. Yeah. Yeah. A whopping 49.99, And it's actually 125 drills because at the end I say, well, we're done, but I like to oversell, over provide and undersell undercharge. So here's another 20 drills. And, and by the way, um, you know, my hair's got a little bit of a frosting in it, like press <laughs> on it. So it's a little dated, but, um, I still give it to my staff and I still sell them on a regular basis, a good DVD. Um, but, but Dwayne, I love what you're saying though. Like you're, the key is, it's like building that energy, building that excitement, making a student want to come back, making them want to be a part of what you do. And, and I think it's called culture creating or culture building or, and rather than saying brand branding, because branding is about building the brand, but culture is about building raving, rabid fans, right? People that love what you do. The weirdest phenomenon that school owners might want to look into is the Starbucks way. I, I have the book. I don't know the exact title. It's on my shelf, but it was all about how Starbucks built addictions to to the coffee. Like they didn't do any marketing on the launch. I think they went into every subway terminal and they had little Starbucks booths set up. And as people were coming through, they were giving people free coffee with the Starbucks. And then, and they basically were like, wow, day two, day three, by day four, they were gone and Starbucks were popping up in the air. And these people are going, how do I get my Starbucks fix? It was, you know, people were just walking around carrying the coffee cup that was made with the Starbucks logo became, because it became very cultural. Right. So. Right. So that's what we have to build that 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 raving fan base, that group of rabid, you know, people that will. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm doing um, not to not to say I, I you know, I, I learn from everybody, but I'm doing this YouTube training video where these guys are YouTubers and they make millions of dollars. Like one company, these two guys make about twenty five million a year by being on YouTube. Right. But what their main thing is, it says you don't need a 10,000, 100,000 people. You need 1,000 people that will, they're so addicted to what you do that if you release a t shirt, you sell 500 of them. Right. And then they tell all their friends, right? If you, if you released a new program in the martial arts, a good portion, 60% of your people would be, I'm on it. Right. But you got to create that fan base where they love what you do or else you're, you're, you know, you're kind of always spinning your wheels. Yeah. And I, I will say that in as much as, um, Get, you know, being creative and disguising repetition and coming up with new drills or buying somebody's drills. Um, I, I think without 
the connection without the 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 buy-in right, right from one another without the instructor student relationship being and instructor parent relationship too but being super super tight there you're not going to get no that that uh, that re, you know the retention is not going to be where you want it to yeah. be we the type of business we have is a one-on-one or one on two or one on three, depending on, you know, if they have two parents or one. Right. Um, it is a person to person face to face, uh, relationship. Right. And I don't care how much, you know, how, how much the internet has changed things. I don't care how, how much you can, uh, and you know me, how, how much you can systematize right. and get computers to do for you or, your virtual assistant over in the Philippines to do for you. It still does not negate nor um, does it stop the one-on-one personal relationship and interaction that you need to have with your clients. Yeah. Like, like for example, let's pretend like that I'm one of your clients and, and, and you coach me and, and you've been giving me gems all along. Right. And I'm like, Everything Dwayne tells me to do when I do it, it turns into, you know, money. It, it helps my system. It makes my life easier. If you said to me, hey, Allie, I recommend you buy this software. It's really cheap. And let's pretend like you even had some sort of kickback in it um, by giving it to me. But if I believe in you and I know that and I trust in you, I'm going to jump right on that. No question at all. I'm clicking on the button. You just tell me where and I'm getting it right. So um, that's really, really important. I think that we miss that a lot of times. There's there's a big disconnect and it's not our fault all the time. It's a lot of effort to really tap into the to the because a lot of our relationships relationships are the student and then often the distance is the parent even if they're watching and hearing um they're still off in the distance they're on their phone they're hearing a little bit you know they're like, but when johnny like i just had a, a sad story of 15 and 16 year old kid been with me for about four years um just quit the other day he's going for his brown belt soon and the mom's like um he doesn't want to go anymore i'm tired of fighting with him i've been forcing him up until now i'm like you shouldn't stop forcing him keep him going he's only 16 15 when he goes to college, he'd be much more happier to say on his resume he was a black belt. And you know the story, the whole. Yeah. But the mom has gotten beaten up so much by this kid, she's just throwing her hands in the air. And I said, don't give up. I know it's tough. Don't let him quit. And she got really mad at me. I'm not letting him quit. It's his decision. I go, but you are, though, because you were holding him in for this period of time. Keep him in for another year or two. He'll be happy that you did. So um, she didn't. And she left a little annoyed at me because I said, you're letting him quit. But at the same time, um, if we could get those people to understand, get those parents to connect to the message, we'd have much better retention because little Johnny would go, I don't want to go anymore. And a parent would go, ah, shut up and get in the car. Right. Rather than like, really, buddy? I, like, I had a mom who had a three-year-old tryout class the other day and he was, he was a little nervous. She's like, no, no, don't force him to go in. I don't want him to be traumatized. I go traumatized like you know the word you're actually using just blows me away going like by bringing your three-year-old into a class crying to kick pads and punches is going to traumatize them like what are parents thinking these days right so we have to buy in we have to get them they're not they're not parents they're their buddies right that's true they are they are i mean i okay so uh last week um uh our 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 youngest uh was in a tennis match for high school Oh yeah, and all right. So uh, it's dusk, 
and he's winning uh, four to two, and he's up fifteen love in in the next game, right? So the kid goes, uh, I can't see the ball anymore. Can you see it? My son goes, yeah, I can see it quite fine. I'm standing there like I can see that ball. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was afraid. This is my take on it. He was afraid that they were going to, if it, once it gets dark, they got to, they got to stop it. Right. You know, that they were going to call the match. And if they called it right now, my son's ahead four to two. Yeah. Plus in this match right here, he's 30 love. Right. Uh, or excuse me, 15 love. And so, uh, they went to the, the, you know, the coaches and the coaches like, all right, well, let's go see if there's another, another place that we can go. So we, we drive five minutes down the road to this, this uh, park district and there's lights on the court. Great. But they just tarred it. So there's no lines. (laughs) So, so then we drive back to the school uh, that we were just at and we all turn our lights on by that time it's dark and you can't see anything with those lights. Well, then they finally found another park district that has lights and was still open. And so we drove there. Well, I I, I tell you this long story to tell you this. The mom of the boy that, and mind you, these boys are 15, 16 years old. The mom of the boy who's playing my son is livid. She is livid. It's after nine o'clock at night. It is 52 degrees and these boys are playing in these conditions and i'm like really yeah how's my boy gonna be you know how how is any kid gonna become a man if they can't play in 52 degree weather and mind you i mean it's not like there's a bunch of wind and hail or you know it was crazy and so i thought to myself really these parents are they themselves aren't tough enough in order to be tough on their kids. I did a career day yesterday. I probably shouldn't have said this in yeah. career day. And and I, and I say career day, you're all thinking I'm talking to like high schoolers or, or, yeah. or uh, junior hires. No, this is a fourth grade class. Yeah. They asked some phenomenal questions. By the way, I know that the teacher had written questions for them. But the teacher, uh, her son is one of my first degree black belts. Well, Currently, because he's working towards a second degree. Yeah. Well, anyways, one of the kids asked me, they go, what is the what is the toughest part of your job? And I go, oh, gosh, I said, I don't I don't know if I should tell you. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, just say it. And and the little kid did. And I go, well, present company excluded, because then I pointed to, you know, the, the, the teacher there. I said, the parents. I said, the parents are the toughest part of my job. I said, if the parents weren't involved and I could just teach the kid. And I said, not all parents. I said, but a lot of them, they want little Johnny to be, you know, in this little bubble and little Sally. Oh, my gosh. If she, you know, if if she scrapes or breaks a nail, there's a problem. And and I said, you know, look, I, I, I told them, I said, I'm going to tell you what, life is tough. But when you're tough on yourself, life is infinitely easier on you. I said, right. let me say that again. Life is tough. But when you're tough on yourself, life is infinitely easier on you. So what does that mean? That means, look, you got to be tougher on yourself than life can ever be on you. So that way, when life goes to kick you, you're like, please bring it on, buddy. Yeah. You know, So you know, what's interesting. And I'm going to spin what you just said, because that's the philosophy that we should be teaching the parents, which in turn, if they believe in the philosophy or they fit that mindset when they yep. go to school or, or they're in the that mindset and you can educate and teach them 
then eventually a kid will go, I don't want to go anymore. Mom, it's too hot. I don't want to go. Um, they're going to go, just get in the car and stop whining. Like I literally, I catch people every year when summer hits and it gets hot. Like a mom will kind of pretend like she's wandering around looking at gear. And I go, uh, checking out the air conditioning, aren't you? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to see what it feels like. I'm like, well, by the way, the lobby is not quite as cool as the floor, but we maintain a 69 to 70 degree temperature all year long. So it's not going to be too cold. It's not going to be too hot. We're going to have it at the temperature where they're comfortable and they're not overheated, but they could sweat. The goal is to sweat. Just like Johnny was running around the yard every day in the heat and playing in the pools. No, it's different. We're a controlled environment. So they're like, oh, that makes sense because they start thinking in the pr protecting mentality, right? So again, it's all about education. So, um, I mean, we've been on for a little bit of time, but let's, let's throw out so a few things that I'm doing for summer. Yep. Number one is coming up next month. We well, we have June third. We have a martial art tournament. We do five a year. Um, you know, Father's Day. We have a Father's Day workout where, where the kids and their parents work out together. I get T-shirts for all the dads. It says a uh, father of a ninja. And, um, you know, and it has a cool logo on it. Every year I usually make up new shirts, but I have some leftover from last year. So I'm going to recycle them in. Um, but they train, they sign up and it's free. I give them a free shirt. They come and train with their kids. It's a motivational day. And by the way, at that time, I'm saying everything that I've said, like what you would say, I'm saying it to the parents. Don't let them quit. Don't let them stop. Don't listen right. to whining, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I just want to insert this in really quick. Uh, you have um, other companies that, that, uh, uh, buy ads for the back of that shirt in yeah. order to pay for it. I just want the listeners to understand that you are giving it out, but it's not directly coming out of your pocket, which is right. smart. Yeah. So I do get co-op advertising and throw a few businesses on the back and they, they kind of either split the cost or end up, if I get enough of them paying for the entire shirt and I give the shirt away for free. But even if I didn't get advertisers, it's still worth the cost. Sure it is. $300. Right shirts even if it's out of pocket to motivate i see those parents it's amazing and how many of them wear i'm a ninja mom ninja dad you know all this kind of stuff um the other thing that we're doing after that is we have a, a nerf wars that we're you know with nerf night no parents night out no movie nights nothing like that we do these really cool new uh nights and then um we have our summer camp starting which we have 10 weeks of summer camp, which, which is a little slower for me this year, which is kind of odd. Um, but, uh, but minus have, two, by the way, but we have that as well. Um, and then uh, of course going into fall of, you know, back to school events, that's something that we can talk about later on. So our summer is pretty packed. And by the way, just the other night, I don't know if you saw my video in my adult black belt club, which is a special group. We did arrow catching the other day oh wow shooting bow and arrows and catching the arrows there's a video up on my facebook page if you want to check it out um but all my adults did arrow catching it was really really cool and something that we've done because we're a ninja school we sure very eclectic things but um it's no different than what you could do at your school just fun martial art based stuff that uh that people go they're still raving and sharing the video all the people who caught the arrow oh my god they've shared it with everyone they could see they just love it so it's little things like that that make a massive difference yeah no i agree oh by I the agree. way one, one other thing uh, like you said 
T-shirt sales, summer shirt sales, summer uniform sales, retail sales, all of that's included as well. Don't forget the retail portion of what you're doing for summer. Tank tops, because we wear shirts under the uniforms. So we have tank tops, all year round tank tops, cut off sleeves, regular um, shirts that they wear under their uniform. They're always available, but you may want to offer a special deal, special sale like you did to get people to wear these summer uniforms or, you know, for the parents who are concerned, like, oh my God, they're going to overheat. Oh, buy a tank top. It's a lot lighter. Right. That kind of thing. So much to do within our, you know, with our schools. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I was going to quickly say this is uh, I had a parent one time say to me, because I, I brought, I, I, I got a snack machine uh, in the studio. It's not there anymore, but but uh, the very first week that I had it in, I, I had a parent come up to me and she goes, oh, great. She goes, now my kid's going to ask me for snacks all the time. Right. I know what you're going to say. I go, I said, oh, I said, that's that's easy to, to take care of. She goes, yeah. I said, oh, yeah. I said, you know how to make a circle, don't you? Right. She goes, yeah. I said, you, you just got to make a circle with your mouth and say no. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, you know, at the end of the supermarkets where the checkout line, they have all the candy they're on the shelf. I'd always say to my daughter, this is the no zone, right? When you get into this area, everything is no. Any question you ask is no. But however... She always ended up with whatever she asked for. So like, dad, can I have, I'm like, I said no. And then it's like, just this. And I'm like, throw it on the, you know, like I could never say no to her. Right. But, but it's funny though, right? Cause parents are like that. They're afraid to, they're afraid these days that they're going to create some like mass murderer, you know, victim by, by parenting. And quite often the hardest parents, the most disciplined parents, the most attentive parents create the most in- incredible children, right? It's always those parents that are through the door with they're frazzled, they're, they're over scheduled, they're, they're not focused. Those are the kids that need the most help. Um, and it's not, it's just parents just don't know. They, they never got a manual. They never went and took parenting classes. They basically, it's easy to have kids, you know, that's the fun part. It's now raising them. That's the tough part. Yeah. So many of us make like this mom was mad at me and I'm like, don't be mad at me. I'm not insulting you by saying that you're letting them quit, but you're letting them quit. You could be mad at me because you feel like I'm insulting you. But what I'm telling you is factual. I have people that are in their thirties coming to me and saying, I wish my mom never let me quit. I'm going like, you're 16 and gave them hell. Yeah. But you know, they were the parents. They knew better. If they would have kept me, I would have been. And I have some that said, I wouldn't have gone down the path. I did drugs, alcohol, rehab, trouble. Um, you were keeping me on track and that's why I didn't want to go. I had one guy who's now training with me in another school who said that to me, you, you were a very big force in me staying focused and staying on track. And when I didn't have you anymore, because I didn't want you there because I was a kid and I wanted to get you out of my life so I could do what I wanted. And my parents allowed it and then I just went down that path. I wish they wouldn't have done that. So I try to explain this to her, but she wasn't hearing it, right? Sadly. Um, and uh, but you can't save everyone, right? No, yeah, and you know you can say all you want that you've never had a a student that have got their, you know a kid that's got their black belt and then said to you, you know, I wish my parents would have let me quit. Right, exactly. It, it just it does it never ever happens. Exactly. So. That's really the key. But anyway, Dwayne, awesome. Are you closed this weekend? 
Uh, I will be. I, we've got three birthday parties on Saturday, but then, yeah, we're closed Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday as well, because you do the secondary day so that the Monday people will, um, don't just get off the Tuesday. So it's interesting. I close Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday this, this holiday. I want the whole weekend. My fiance, Nicole, and I are looking forward to just being down, shutting down, relaxing, not having any responsibilities, sitting around our pool. So uh, another thing I suggest to school owners is to recharge. And if I could leave you with one philosophical mindset is that no matter how old you are, whatever lifespan you're going to live, you only have that much time left on the planet. So if I'm 53 and I can live to 85, you know, I have another 20 some odd years. That means I only have 20 Christmases, 20 birthdays, 20 Easter's, 20 holidays, only 20. That's not many of them. So take the time to structure your life so that you could really enjoy life to the fullest. Because there's nothing worse than being on your deathbed and saying, I wish I would have went to the Colorado mountains. I wish I would have spent more time with my children. And I'm not saying don't work, because if, if you listen to Dwayne and I and how we run our businesses, we get so much done um, in, a, in a period of time that most people would take weeks to do because we're highly organized, we have automation, we're focused, we're goal setters. So if you're interested in us helping you and whether we do personal coaching, I just had another client, I did a, a free coaching call with them um, to talk about how we organize and how I could help him organize his structure. So in the end, he'd probably have more free time. Um, so yeah, and let, let, let me say this, um, the, and Allie and I are, are, are really good with each other. And here's what I mean is we, we do have the next level school in our club together, but there are individuals that, you know, uh, I work with that I, I would say I'm, how do I want to say this? I'm better suited. And there's individuals that I don't work with because you're better suited right, exactly. for their situations. And so, you know, we do we do do personal coaching, but if I don't feel like I'm the right fit for you as a coach, and I know Allie is, I don't I don't want to take your money. I I, I I want Allie to help you, and and you know you've given me clients, and you know what I mean. So yeah, and so uh, I think that's the best thing because I I'm not everybody's cup of tea, and yeah. and you're not everybody's cup of tea. Exactly. And that's what I think is so special. It's not like we're just trying to throw everyone in this one kind of like box mentality where, you know, and uh, we coach people from the ground up. It's not like, okay, here's 50 ways to get new students. Here's 50 ways to Facebook market. No, we're going to look at from the start. Like, what are you doing wrong? Why are you losing students? Why are you, um, you know, signing them up for and, and losing them right away? Why aren't you signing people? Like we look at every process and every system um, to help people grow in their schools. And I will say that Allie has more patience than me. I, I And I, it's funny because I was going to say this at the beginning when we were talking about coaching and I was going to say, I, I actually hate coaching people that I tell them that, you know, look, this is the next step and then they don't do it. Like, I just, I, I, I hate that. And I know you don't like it either, but you actually have more patience than I do with that. Yeah. I try to find a way to make it relevant for them. You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> Like, oh, no, 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 I don't. I could never do that. And I'm like, well, let's find a way to make it happen a little bit my way, a little bit your way. We'll blend them together and make it better, right? So um, that's important. I think that a lot of us have these, no, that'll never work. I'll never do it that way mindsets because we're martial artists after all. We're thick-headed and controlling. Um, so it takes a while. Like you said, the journey is not the four miles that you walked. It's the last half, half an inch of skull that you got to get through to get to the brain, right? Um, 
or to find their way into that little tiny canal ear canal so they could hear it. Um, anyway, I, I think that that's what we do well. And we help people so, so much on that. And, and that's what excites me as well is to share with school owners. And, and by the way, I want to share with them so they don't get caught in this bright, shiny object consulting groups that are out there now where it's all about passing the same information across the table and replicating it. Um, that's not going to work for people. You need to have a kind of like a personalized approach to find out what you're doing wrong because you could be, you know, making one mistake continuously that's turning people off, you know, um, you know, and then you're not going to get the sale. So we got to correct those problems before we move forward. And you don't, yeah, we say this phrase all the time. You don't know what you don't know. And so therefore um, if you don't know the right questions to ask, meaning you don't, then you can't even investigate into your own business to find right. out what's going on uh, that's wrong. And there could be a constraint in your business, something that is that is uh, choking it, and you cannot even see it. I know that sounds goofy to say, no, but it's it is. True. It's absolutely true. And there's a lot of freedom in finding that one or two or three constraints. And by the way, once you find the the the, the primary constraint, there will be other smaller constraints that will be there. Uh, but you can't even identify and deal with those until you get the primary one first. So yeah. sometimes it's so obvious. I'll give you an example. One time I was shooting, doing a tactical firearm shooting, long range, AR-15s. And I'm, I'm a uh, left eye dominant person, but I shoot right handed. So it's hard for me to shoot through a scope or a sight with a with a rifle so i had this army ranger who just got back from iraq like a door kicker who's over there doing the real deal and i'm shooting he's going like what's wrong with you i go i really can't shoot this way because i can't get my he goes why don't you just flip your gun on its side you know i didn't want to look gangster he's like no seals do it all the time they enter in and they shoot with their left eye dominant they just turn the scope to the left eye and I'm like, really? You could do that? Like, it's it's okay. He's like, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, and and hold it this way, and do and like just like three minor corrections. All of a sudden, boom! I'm like, uh, ultimately a hundred times better of a shot than I was. But I would never have saw that or thought of it or listened to myself when I thought of it because I didn't believe it was good. So um, I just it took one guy to notice that mistake, just one little mistake, and he improved what I could do by you know by light years. Right. And um, I, it reminds me of the book, um, uh, The Art of Learning by Josh Wakens. Um, he's the uh, the guy they made the movie Finding Bobby Fisher. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very, very awesome book. Uh, he's into martial arts, too, now. But um, uh, I would recommend people reading that. But the, 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 the one takeaway that, that goes along with what we're talking about is he talks about the grandmasters of chess. Right. And. And he also talks about the grandmasters of martial arts. And he says, you know, it's interesting because you'll, you'll see a grandmaster do something and it's almost like, it almost looks magical as if, as if they knew ahead of time what that person was going to do to them. But the thing is it, they had to start somewhere like, you know, the regular chess player where they had to learn the chess board and what the pieces are called and, and the, the movements for each piece. And right. then later on, there's different tactics and movements and traps that you can do. Well, a grandmaster is, has, that's it. They've mastered all of those things. And right. so they actually can see all of those things happening at once. Right. They don't have to compartmentalize things anymore yeah. because they're all intertwined. Yeah. Um, and that's the same thing for a good business coach yeah. for your school 
they have seen so many things over the years that they are able to see something like that, right. um, where you are still compartmentalizing things. And I know this is off topic, but since we're talking about it, I just wanted to bring that up. So a good book to read would be uh, Josh, Josh Waitkin's uh, The Art of Learning. Hey, Allie. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I'm putting you on the spot, but with regards to your DVD, um, is there a way that if people are interested that they can people, get that DVD? People could go right to a touch of Zen, www.atouchofzen.com. Why don't you put that specific link yeah. in this post too? I will. I'll put it right in the post and um, I will also uh, put, put the link where they click right on it. It'll bring them right to that DVD. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you do that? And that'll be, that'll be good for them. And uh, if for some reason you are interested uh, in coaching, I would say contact Allie. Um, it's uh, you can email him at uh, uh, Shihan at L I ninja.com. So that's Shihan at L I ninja.com. Yeah. We'll work together on that too. And by the we way, do. And you, yeah. And I was going to say, I mean, you do a lot more one-on-one coaching than I do. Um, uh, and, and, and if it fits, I do it. If not, you know, you, you're the one that does it. So, and I, I, and I appreciate that to be honest with you. So, so that's cool. So, um, so then we're back on next week. We have a good topic because we just said, let's hold it till next week. So let's remember that topic. Cause I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny you say that. Cause I don't remember what it was either. So listen, I think it had to do with, um, martial art business. No, just, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to re-listen. So, all right. Well, thanks, Allie. You have an amazing holiday weekend. Not to date this phone call, but you have a great Memorial Day, right? And we will definitely talk next Wednesday. Yes. And, and just so you know, I'm going to have a great holiday weekend. Here's why. Um, there's my grill. My grill was crap, right? So I need a new grill. And so here's what I did. I went out and priced the grill that I want. Uh, and I'm like, I need to pay for it. So I put a poster up and handouts at the studio to leadership only yeah. that uh, I'm going to do an extreme bow staff camp this summer. It's 16 classes there. They're, so there's 16 half an hour classes. Right. Um, and they get the bow staff and uh, the, the training all for one hundred ninety nine dollars. Um, I know that I need 12 people. I sold it out in one week. Wow. So I went and bought my grill. It's being delivered tomorrow. And uh, also got the uh, uh, the heating, cooling, airing, got the plumbing guy coming to because I'm having natural gas. I want a natural gas one. Yeah. So he's going to do the plumbing for that. It'll all be paid for by the end of uh, tomorrow, tomorrow day. And, and that's how I paid for it. There you go. That's awesome. Good for you, man. So, Another great idea, right? Yeah. Awesome, man. Hey, listen, I'll talk to you soon. Everybody, thanks for being on the call. Bye, guys. Bye.